Welcome back, everyone, to the All Pro Fantasy Football Podcast. My name's Mark Hogan here. Remember they told me that I wouldn't get it and I wouldn't got it. Shit. I had shit in my pocket. Joined by my co-host Eric Randall. Sorry about that. Music is a little loud. Quality weekend. Quality weekend. Had some good. I had some really nice wins. Not football. Uh, but actually, it's a nice, a nice NASCAR win. Had a really big hockey win last night. So we're in full, we're in full betting mode here. Derek, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. Man, you are uh, really spanning genres here, hitting NASCAR, hockey. I was just about to lead in with the we're about to hit that beautiful phase of three different sports all meshing at the same exact time, a.k.a. baseball, football, NBA. But then you start throwing out hockey and NASCAR, and I guess I got to include those too. So uh, not much better better period of time for the sports world so i'm really digging into all of it yeah it's uh it's it's probably my favorite time of the year when it comes to just sports in general i mean you got everything going bass nba is about to start so you know over at fantasy guru that's where you can find all of my content if you want to give me a follow free follow on twitter at dfs underscore marlin but fantasyguru.com has all of our exclusive content, all of our bets, all of our picks, uh, all kinds of articles, any sport related. Uh, just to recap, had a, a nice, it was a nice uh, roughly $4,000 win on Saturday for NASCAR. I gave a good chunk hey. of that back on Sunday, so that sucked, um, playing the NFL. I, I missed the pay lines by a point on Ooh. FanDuel for NFL. That's rough. Yeah, that was frustrating. But then last night, knocked down a solid 8,300 in the NHL. I did a uh, did some MME, have not done MME uh, and been successful. Uh, so to do a mass entry... 150 entries and knocked down first and second place on $5 entry fee, a uh, $5 entry fee tournament. That was, that felt good. So I feel like we're heating up here every single week. I feel like I'm getting closer in DFS and in the NFL and we're approaching that time roughly like the last two years, man, say right roughly around like week 10 or so. I, it's just like catch fire. And it's almost every single week we're doing well from a DFS perspective. I think things are starting to level out as far as over-unders and spreads. So, um, you know, again, I think a big part of the process, whether or not you're playing DFS, whether or not you're playing player props, is to look at these games, you know, make a decision, take a stand on what these over-unders look like, uh, what the spreads are, what side of the spreads and over-unders you are uh, eyeing here and that then can dictate sometimes what you're going to play uh, thereafter uh, so. I think it's about that time that uh, you, you start becoming my full-time DFS assistant over here because I could use some of that rubbing off my way um, knocking down tournaments like that damn on the regular for you it's pretty insane 
trying to get there, man, trying to get there. So, you know, there's always losses that come along the way. So, you know, it's not as good as it may seem, uh, but it's been pretty good. So uh, certainly profitable. I will say that we'll be generating some year end tax forms. Uh, no doubt about that. <laughs> so we've got a jam packed episode here. I uh, want to dive into, we have no Thursday night football game to recap because we are broadcasting on a Wednesday night is about nine 42 PM Wednesday, October 18th. Uh, we are prepping for week seven. So we're going to look at the injury report, take a look at our spreads or over unders and do some player props. We'll talk through some top DFS plays, maybe some strategy here as well, and we'll be well on our way. Uh, before I dive into the injury report, I do want to make sure that we cover our results from last week. So I'm going to go back and uh, pull this up here. We both had a, a nice quality, a nice quality week in week six. So for me. Uh, I was 10 for 14 on over-unders, uh, just 50% on the spread, uh, going 17 for 28 total uh, in bets between the over-unders and spread, uh, putting myself at a cool average of 61% on the week, puts me at about 55% on the season. Uh, as you can see in my win percentage totals, I was 71% on over-unders. Uh, for this week. And that's really the theme here. And I would say the theme for both of us uh, about just about 60% on over-unders and 51% on the spread. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you plan on tailing any of these plays, I would go heavier on these over-unders at this point than the spread just across the board. So Derek and I both seem to be hitting the over-under at a higher clip. Uh, if I do switch over to Derek's, uh, Derek also had a nice week here, went 10 for 14 as well on the over-unders, uh, just 6 for 14 on the spread, but putting him at a good 16 for 28 on the week, 57% uh, win percentage on the week, 71% on the over-unders, just 43% on the spread. Uh, but again, going with that theme, uh, Derek is right in line with me on the over-unders. He's at 58% on the season for over-unders here. So um, his spread picks, not so hot, which is pulling him down below that 50% line uh, overall. But again, we are doing this for the purposes of your uh, pleasure. Just keep in mind and take note that I would say the majority of both of our money goes into DFS or player props um or some parlays uh so i think that's really where our game's at but this the whole purpose of keeping track of this is to um because this is really the foundation of, of our research here so um anything to add there before we dive into uh the injury report Derek? no i mean i think you hit the nail on the head right there is is that we're doing this for everybody's entertainment as far as where we see the over-unders and the spreads ending up but I think you and I have been pretty clear about where we invest our money at, whether it's the DFS plays or it's the player props, me specifically player props um, or these specific lines that we lay out for everybody. And um, I love seeing the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm doing better than I was on over unders would really like to get those spreads up. Uh, don't like seeing red there, but um, yeah, 
we know where, where to put our money, even though sometimes these numbers right here might not look great. Um, I think we can assure everybody the bets we are playing are hitting at a much higher clip. Yeah. Yeah. And I will point out though, um, just keep in mind, you know, most pros, you know, we're, we're looking, we're, we're aiming for that 60% range, right? So, um, again, if you're going to be telling our picks, I would certainly say lean a little bit more of your investment towards, uh, those over-unders and, and use the, uh, the spread picks as more of a hedge play than anything. So, uh, all right. So let's dive into the injury report here. And again, keep in mind, we're doing this on a Wednesday night. So, you know, there's a lot that we are not going to be aware of, but we do have some indication for the game for tomorrow. So we get the Jaguars at the Saints on Thursday night football. Uh, we've got Tyson Campbell over at cornerback. He is out. Devon Hamilton, defensive tackle out for the Jags. Zay Jones, he is out for the Jags. Trevor Lawrence is questionable. You know, we certainly have to keep an eye on that. I don't think it's good news that um, Nathan O'Rourke was elevated from the uh, practice squad onto the active roster today. So I personally don't think that trends well for Trevor Lawrence, but we will see, um, especially on a short week. Uh, we've also got Walker Little at tackle. He is out. Uh, so uh, Trevor Lawrence did log a limited participation in practice today. Um, we really have to keep an eye on this, especially at the cornerback position here. If Tyson Campbell's out, I think Michael Thomas becomes a really attractive play for a potential first touchdown of the season on Thursday night football. Uh, on the other side here, we do have JT Gray at safety. He is out for the Saints. James Hurst at tackle is out. And Juwan Johnson, the tight end, is also out. We also have Ryan Ramchek at tackle. And he is out, so the Saints are thin at off on the offensive line. Other than that, not really anything too notable here. And there's really not a whole lot to go into the injury report right now. I mean, Calais Campbell, he DMP, but I don't think there's any um, question on him actually not playing this week against the Bucks on the Falcons Bucks game on Sunday. Uh, if I go over to the Bills and Patriots, we got a very long list of players that are on the injury report. Um, the notable DMPs include Damian Harris at running back. He is likely not going to play after that scary neck injury. Quentin Morris at tight end, DMP'd, and Ed Oliver. That's probably the most notable name at defensive tackle. He did not participate uh, today. So keep an eye on Ed Oliver here. For the Patriots, Trent Brown at tackle. He is he DMP'd today. Hunter Henry DMP'd and Jonathan Jones at cornerback DMP'd. Riley Reef as well at tackle. Uh man, I mean the Patriots, we have a probably a good like 20 players on the injury report for the bats. So they are really, really hurting right now. Not to mention they just don't look that great. Uh, Raiders and the Bears, Jimmy Garoppolo DMP'd today. So we got to keep an eye on that. Justin Heron at tackle and Nate Hobbs at cornerback for the Raiders, both DMP'd. On the Bears side of the ball, Nate Davis at guard, Justin Fields at quarterback, and Roshan Johnson at running back, all DMP'd. 
Uh, I really thought Roshan, I mean, he DMP'd today, so we'll see what happens. Um, but certainly not a good sign for him because if Roshan can play, he is one of my he is my probably my favorite DFS play uh of the week because I think he's gonna fly under the radar a little bit here. Uh Terrell Smith at cornerback for the Bears also DMP'd. So um you know, we got to keep an eye on Justin Fields. Got to keep an eye on Roshan Johnson. The Commanders and the Giants. Kendall Fuller at cornerback, DMP'd for the Commanders, along with Chris Rodriguez, the running back. Not that big of a deal. Um, but Kendall Fuller, him being out, uh, could upgrade Giants slot receivers a little bit. So thinking maybe like a Wandale, um, Paris Campbell, Darren Waller, those types of guys. On the Giants' side of the ball, got some DMPs here. Evan Neal, Matt Pertz, both tackles DMP'd. Wandale Robinson, he also DMP'd, so keep an eye out for that. And then you also got Andrew Thomas at tackle. He DMP'd again. And John Michael Schmitz at center, he DMP'd. So we're still very banged up on that offensive line. Got to keep an eye on that trend and see how that progresses here. The Lions, David Montgomery, he DMP'd along with guard Jonah Jackson. And Craig Reynolds, the running back that everyone expects to play this week, he DMP'd today. So got to keep an eye on that. Um, I believe, I don't know if this was a report for the Lions, but I want to say someone was working out Leonard Fournette. I think it was actually the Bills. Um, but I thought that made me think of that because I would imagine the Lions might be looking to elevate someone. Uh, Jadavian Clowney uh, DMP'd. Uh, Kevin Seymour at cornerback DMP'd. Brent Urban at defensive end and Marcus Williams at safety. So the Ravens are pretty banged up on the defensive side of the ball. I always forget Clowney is on the Ravens. Uh, Browns and the Colts. Man, we got a lot of DMPs here for the Browns. Harrison Bryant, tight end. Amari Cooper, wide receiver. Miles Garrett, defensive end. Dustin Hopkins, kicker. Kareem Hunt, running back. Greg Newsom, cornerback. Defensive tackle, Dalvin Tomlinson. Linebacker, Anthony Walker. Deshaun Watson. All DMP'd for the Cleveland Browns. I would imagine 75% of that list is fine. But Deshaun Watson is the biggest one. To keep an eye on here and Amari Cooper, keep an eye on that as well. Uh, we've got four DMPs for the Colts, including wide receiver Alec Pierce, tight end Kylan Granson, cornerback Tony Brown, and tackle Braden Smith. All notable names, I would say, for the Colts. And obviously, we all know that Anthony Richardson, it sounds like he is out for the season. So Gardner Minshew fired up. Cardinals and the Seahawks. We've got Antonio Hamilton at cornerback for the Cardinals. He DMP'd Zach Paschel at wide receiver. I can't believe that dude's still in the league. And Jalen Thompson at safety. On the Seahawks side of the ball, we've got Evan Brown DMP'd. Zach Charbonnet uh, DMP'd. He's been a disappointment this year based off of where everyone drafted him. Uh, Jake Curhan at tackle DMP'd. And DK Metcalf DMP'd again. I think a lot of these guys will be okay. Um, today is kind of like that rest day. So it just you just have to watch these practice reports and make sure this trend's in the right direction. Um, but there are some notable uh, items here. Uh, 
particularly the Steelers and the Rams. We got a lot of Rams players DMPing linebacker Ernest Jones, uh, cornerback Darion Kendrick, uh, defensive tackle Laurel Murchison, and Kyron Williams, of course, is the big name at running back. He DMP'd and he is not expected to play this week. I don't know if they have ruled him out yet. Uh, but they are saying he has a chance to come back for the following week. So we're possibly looking at Zach Evans as a one-week play here, but we will see um, since Ronnie Rivers, he is also uh, out of the equation here for multiple weeks. Uh, Chargers and the Chiefs, we've got Alohi Gilman at safety, DMP'd. Uh, this is for the Chargers. Also got Raheem Lane at safety, DMP'd, Dean Lettered at cornerback. Uh, so we have got a few defensive pieces for the Chargers, particularly particularly in the secondary and particularly in the safety position. Um, very thin. So you know what that means. I mean, for me, I'm thinking Travis Kelsey all the way this week. Uh, on the Chiefs side of the ball. Um, we only have one DMP, and that's Justin Watson. I believe he is expected to be out as the Chiefs traded today for Mecole Hardman, and I would expect that they would expect him to fill Justin's Justin Watson's role in the meantime. Not to mention he's just not a very overwhelming player, so maybe they are looking for a potential upgrade there. Uh, the Packers and the Broncos, we've got Devondre Campbell at linebacker. He dmp that he's been out. Um, Aaron Jones, limited participation in practice today, so that's a good good sign. Uh, same thing with safety, Darnell Savage and Quay Walker. So all big names getting in a limited capacity practice today. And on the Broncos side of the ball, Greg Dolchich at tight end. He's the only one who DMP'd today. Dolphins and the Eagles on Sunday night football. Chris Brooks at running back, DMP'd. Xavier Howard at cornerback. That's a big deal, DMP'd. Uh, so I'm thinking AJ Brown when I see Xavier Howard DMPing. We'll see if that, we'll see if he'll actually be out though. Uh, Alec Ingold, the, full, the fullback, did not practice. Kendall Lamb, DMP'd. And Connor Williams at uh, center, DMP'd here, all for the Finns. And then for the Eagles. Reed Blankenship at safety, DMP, Lane Johnson at tackle, DMP. Some of these guys are just vets that are getting some rest in today. Bradley Roby at cornerback, DMP, and Devonta Smith, DMP as well. He had a pretty disappointing game with a few drops. Uh, so I think the opposite of players, when they, when they drop the ball and share frustrations, I think that they are then avoided in future weeks where when players clearly are open and don't get the ball and – you know, complain and cry and everything else. Uh, they tend to, it's the squeaky wheel gets the, gets the grease type of treatment. So, um, I think especially if Xavier Howard's out, AJ Brown is an elite play here. Uh, and Monday night football, we don't have anything yet. So that is the injury report as of Wednesday night for week seven. Any initial thoughts or takeaways on your end, Derek? A lot of a lot of names on a couple of these teams here. Um, the Saints, man, uh, what are they? That it's only a three point spread. I, I or actually they were the favorites. I think it was one and a half, and uh, that's kind of shocking to me with as many injuries as they have. 
and as good as the Jags have looked. So um really excited to dive into that one and see what your take is there. Uh yeah, let's let's dive into it. Um so we'll take a look at it now. Make sure I'm going to align with her. Yep. Uh we'll go right into it here. So uh Jags and the Saints. I actually I personally don't think the Jags have looked as good as you're saying that they've looked. Um I just think they have all they have issues with continuity in this offense. Uh, I think they're still just trying to figure it out, though. I don't think it's any kind of major issues, and I think there's going to be better days for Calvin Ridley ahead. Um, you know, when I look at this game, again, that the potent, the injuries in the secondary are very concerning to me uh, for the Jags, and Michael Thomas has been quietly productive and healthy. Uh, and he is due to score. So I've got a Michael Thomas touchdown in this game. And I've also got the Saints winning this game. And I'm going to take the over on the 40-point total. Uh, I just think that the Saints put up more points than uh, typically uh, we are seeing from them. And the Jags are playing catch-up but can keep pace uh, as well, given um, the offense continuing to improve here. So give me the Saints minus one and over on the 40-point total. I think I'm going the exact opposite. Um, okay. <laughs> and I I don't know if it's so much as a team. I felt impressed by the Jaguars. It's more so their defense has impressed me. I am so used to the Jacksonville Jaguars having a bad defense because it seemed like they did for like 10 years in a row. And I feel like they've been really strong the past three, four weeks, maybe. And I, I just don't think like I, I get what you're saying. Their offense has been stagnant, but I think that's also my point is they've been winning games are four and two and their offense is not playing up to the skill that it should. I mean, they've they've got Calvin Ridley, who I really don't feel like they're utilizing as much as they should be. He's getting missed a lot. Um and Trevor Lawrence, he hasn't hit his stride yet this year. So I, I feel like it's coming. I feel like they're a good team. I mean, they're in a division that's absolute trash. I mean, the fact that the Colts have, what are they, 500 now? They might even be over 500, which is just disgusting. Um, yeah. And that's coming from a Colts fan. So, um, yeah, I, I like the Jaguars here. And for me, I think what's more concerning – is the injuries on the offensive line for the saints because that Jaguars pass rush pass rush has been elite recently. And I think they're going to get to Derek Carr a lot. I think he's going to get shaken when Derek Carr gets shaken. He misses throws. Um, and he hasn't even been healthy to start the year. So I just, I, I don't see a good performance coming from the saints offense here. I get what you're saying about some Injuries in the secondary for the Jags. Well, Derek Carr has to be able to throw the ball that deep. Um, and I don't think he has the capability to, and I don't think he'll have the time to. I think he's going to get sacked a lot. I'll be looking for sack props in this one here, especially for Josh Allen. Um, and give me the under. I think this is a very de defensive-minded game. It's Thursday. They're gross. None of these teams are ever ready, it seems, on Thursday night football. Yet, And then we have two teams that have – their their defining factor this year has been their defense, not their offense. So 
give me the Jaguars plus the points and the under 40 on this one. I do think that over under is going to drop lower. So I would hit it as fast as you can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think ideally, like I would probably given how, where I stand wait uh, to take the over until Thursday. Cause I agree. I think the general public consensus is that the point total will go under. So I think you could probably get over on like a 38 point total right before game time or something like that. Um, I just look at it this way though. Like Derek Carr, his football IQ is, is very high. That's the only reason why he's really kind of relevant in this league. And he knows how to utilize his check down well. So what are what are the Jags going to do? Well, they're going to try and take his check down away in Camara. So enter Slant Boy and Michael Thomas, and you put both into Slant the, Boy. Yep, yep. You put both into the field. Uh, so when you have Alvin Kamara, uh, you know bailing out for a uh, check down, uh, if the linebacker crashes down on that, then. Uh, you've got open space uh, in the uh, short interim and flats uh, within the five to 10 yard range for Michael Thomas. So that's, it's just why I think that Michael Thomas is going to have a good game, uh, but we will see. Go see, ahead. I, I I think they, they let them talk, check it down to Camara and they hold firm on their secondary because every time they throw to Camara, the dude goes like for four yards per catch. I mean, it, this has been a very common element for Alvin Kamara is he's hit in the backfield with the pass and he doesn't get much on it. It's like he ends every game with like six for 26. It's like, so why yeah. would, why would you try to take him out of the game? Let him catch the ball, stop him early. You're getting them on three and outs every time. Because so, I don't know. I think they're trying to avoid them neutralizing the blitz. And I do think that they're going to, they're going to go after him. Uh, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that they're, they're going to bring the blitz pretty heavily, uh, but then that's why I think they're going to run some sort of like spy or something on Camara, uh, from a check down standpoint to really throw car off and try to force turnovers. So that's just kind of where I stand with it. I think Michael Thomas is going to end up being left with not really a whole lot of safety, safety help, and he could break a, a big slant away for, uh, a massive touchdown here. So I'm going hit with him probably in my captain slot on Thursday as well. Well, maybe I'll just take the under on Michael Thomas then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have fun with this one being on opposite sides of all aspects of it. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's go ahead and switch over to the bills and Patriots. What do you think about this game? They minus nine point. Uh, the bills are minus nine point road favorites. Uh, and it's a 41 point total here yeah this is this is one that before last week i would be all over the bills so fast because the patriots have been god god awful um but man these buffalo bills what is going on like they are just they're they're not themselves i mean last week in general was pretty weird the two undefeated teams lost some really bad teams um yeah, I, I don't know. The the Bills give me a lot of pause. They lost the Jags, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where it was. It was am I I'm right on that, right? They lost the Jags in London. What did they do last week? Why do I feel like they they were terrible? 
Uh, so the Bills beat the Giants. Oh, they beat the Giants week, by five, and they lost okay. to the Jags the week before. Okay, yeah, exactly. So it feels like they lost because they only beat the Giants. It feels like by they five. lost. Yeah, yeah, and they were they were the biggest favorites of the week. Yeah, they were plus fifteen or minus fifteen. I took the Giants plus fifteen, so that worked out. That was smart. Um, that was smart. <laughs> Well, you took the Bills minus 15 points, but that's like such a crapshoot is you just, you know, you pretty much knew that the Bills were going to win, but also, you know, that spread is just so massive that anything. can. Yeah. Yeah. So I I guess going into this one and we're only shaving six points off the spread and now it's against Bill Belichick. I mean, look, the Patriots are bad, but Bills are on the road against Bill divisional opponent bill doesn't normally get walloped in divisional games um i don't like it i don't like any bit of it i'm going uh patriots plus nine and i'm gonna go over 41 i mean it's hard to imagine the patriots offense putting up points here you know what scratch scratch that under 41 i i actually i have a tough time seeing there being a bunch of points here yeah, I uh so the Patriots just lost to the Raiders last week. Did you see how did you see how the uh the spread hit uh because Mac Jones took that safety in the end zone at the end of the game? I don't know if you saw that. They're, the Raiders were only winning that. by two points. Uh and the the uh the spread the spread on that game was where is it here? Um uh Raiders minus three. So they were not covering up by two points at the very end of the game. And Mac Jones took a safety at the very end of the game in his own end zone and the Raiders covered. Um, I, I'm not impressed by the Patriots. I don't know how they, I think you have to put up at least 20 points a game to be competitive with the bills. I think the bills, I mean, look at the end of the day, they still won last week and I think if there's something to be said about Brian Dable knowing all of Josh Allen's weaknesses. So I think we're in for a correction game. I think the Bills win this game pretty handily. Uh, I think that defense is still pretty strong, and there's nothing from the Patriots that instill any kind of confidence in me putting any kind of money on them. So I'll take the Bills minus nine. I think the Bills light them the F up, so I will take also the over on the 41-point total. I, I just think some of the injuries the Bills have had have really wrecked them. Like, Tredavis White, again, like, yeah. God, it seems like every year he goes down with a season-ending injury very early on. And they lost Matt Milano, who is a – I mean, he's a game-changing linebacker for them. He He's a playmaker. He's a tackle machine. He's everything you can ask for. And he's done for the year. So I just feel like these are the type of injuries that are really going to wear down a team – and also, like, I get what you're saying. Brian Dable was with Buffalo. You know, he knows Josh Allen well. Well, Bill's seen Josh Allen, Bill Belichick, that is, has seen Josh Allen twice a year his entire career. So, yeah. like, I feel like he knows him well. That's that's where I'm coming from with this. And that's that's what has me very concerned um, about the Bills putting, I mean, winning by over nine points. So I think those are all four points. Up. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is I think a tough those one. Are all fair points. Um, but I think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I think this 
feels like a week where we're just going to disagree on all of these games. So let's see. It sure uh, does. Lions Ravens. So we've got the Ravens minus three point uh, home favorites. The over under is a 42 and a half point total. Uh, the Ravens are pretty banged up on defense. The Lions look pretty strong on defense. I don't know what's going to happen with their running back situation, but I have a hard time thinking that if Detroit, and I think that Detroit is going to attempt to do this, but if Detroit gets an early lead, I have a hard time thinking the Ravens can keep up with that. Uh, so I think this game slows down, though, once that does happen. So I could see this game coming. I think that point total is dead on at 42 and a half. But I'll take the under thinking that maybe it hits like 42 points. And I'll take the Lions plus three road favorites. Wow. You never take road favorites. Yeah. Yeah. It looks well, good, I'm... though. And it's 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 not like it's a, you know, I have I have a like I'm taking the bills minus nine and I feel a lot crappier about that because that's a major road favorite yeah yeah or actually lions are road dogs what i don't know i'm sorry road dogs yeah that's yeah so no that's fine then that i mean it doesn't break my rule um yeah that is what we look for yeah but what is surprising to me is that is that they are road i would think that the lions would be road favorites that's i guess my thought process and that's what stuck out to me too. Looking at these games, these early spreads, I'm curious to see how they change once we get closer to Sunday. But that was the biggest thing to me is some of these lines just seem totally out of whack with this being one of them. I'm right there with you. Detroit plus three all the way. Much better team. I, I don't really care who's running the ball for them. I mean, I guess they're getting Jameer Gibbs back, but it doesn't matter when you have the sun God on your team. I don't think so. Um, Baltimore looks like trash. They've, they've really only got a decent record because of the quality of teams they've played. Um, and and I, I feel like you're right about the spread Detroit. I, I feel like is a team that would lean over the 42 and a half, whereas Baltimore they're in under the 42 and a half based on where each of these teams have fallen in line so far this year. However, I do think this gets to be a situation where Detroit puts up points fast and Baltimore is left with no choice, but to try to score um, quickly and, for that reason, I, I think we see garbage time take this over 42 and a half. So you give me Detroit plus three over 42 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's really close on that total. I'm having a hard time with the the total there myself. Um, Falcons and the Buccaneers. Uh, we've got a 37 point total. So a lot less points expected to be scored in this game. And I mean, man, doesn't this feel like another 20 to 17 game? Uh, the Buccaneers are minus two and a half point home favorites. Falcons just seem to find a way to look good, but I think that the Buccaneers passing attack ends up being too much for them. Uh, uh, Mike Evans is is uh, pretty darn good against the Falcons uh, historically here. Uh, so I, that's an interesting one uh, to me, and I think he'll end up – I'm pretty sure he'll end up playing. And I just have the, a hard time thinking the Falcons keep up in the passing game. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying last week with all, all, the, all, all of the players on the Falcons all, all of a sudden showing up. I don't think that happens moving forward. I think we see more of what we saw at the beginning of the season. But uh, 
I mean, man, this over under it's spot on. I'll take the over on the 37 point uh, total. And then I will take the uh, I'll take the Buccaneers minus two and a half. Man, where's Bijan? That, that's what right. I'm asking. Like we this Atlanta team, dude, they, they need to be getting Bijan the ball way more than they do. I, I just don't really I, I don't really see what the issue is. Um, yeah, whatever. I get it. Algiers actually not bad, but you have an absolute game changing talent like Bijan Robinson. I don't give a shit who your other running back is. He's the guy who needs to be getting the majority of the touches. And if you're not going to have him out of the backfield, you should be running that dual running back set every single time. Like who, who was it that did that all the time? It was the saints. Wasn't it with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram where yes. they would run them both out there at the same time. And it was super effective. You never knew who was getting the ball. I, I loved it when they did that. That's how Atlanta should be running their offense. I, I, that's that's the way I see it. Atlanta's trying uh, to run it like the t- uh, Titans, though. They're trying to. They're, so here's what I think's happening is I don't think it happens this year for Bijan as far as like monster numbers, but like Derrick Henry, it took three years for him to like become yeah. a true stud. They were messing around with Deion Lewis for like the first two years of his career. It was DeMarco I, Murray for the first, and, and then it was Deion Murray. Lewis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then we see it saw Derrick Henry take off in year three. So I, I and that was with Arthur Smith while he was there in Tennessee. So I just think that we're seeing a little bit of the same. They're trying to ease him into it and they're taking a true long game type of perspective with Bijan. So I just don't know. Coach I, call out. Yeah, I think we're I think we're gonna see Algier leave. And when Algier leaves, it's you know, the training wheels come off for Bijan at that point. That actually makes a lot of sense. Now that you mention it, that, that, mm, that rings a bell. <laughs> Wait, wasting um, talent for a few years. Why not? Yeah. Um, why not? Why not? Um, in this game in particular, it's tough for me to judge uh, because I feel like what Atlanta wants to do is run the ball is something that Tampa Bay historically has been pretty good at. Um, with the big guys up the middle. And that's that's what they always run. If they run with Algiers up the middle. Um, however, I feel like Tampa Bay is starting to show its true colors. Baker Mayfield was really bad last week. I, I, I think this team is starting to come unglued. And Atlanta just wins games. They find ways to win games. Um, God, I... I I want to lean Atlanta plus two and a half. Personally, if I were to bet this, I would wait and see if it gets to three. I'd feel more comfortable having that um, push as an option here. And I lean under 37. I just, we talk about Atlanta every week and how slow of an offense they run. Um, And if Tampa Bay is starting to come off the rails as far as their offense, I, I really lean under 37 points here. Well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. Uh, I think we can uh, also agree that that's not a game either of us will be invested in. No, not not much at all. So, again, just to make sure you're taking Atlanta plus two and a half and you're taking the under on this game, correct? Correct. Now, Cleveland, Minneapolis, I am fascinated. I'm hoping you're, you're where I'm at here. That this is downright stunning to me that Cleveland is only a three point favorite in Indianapolis with them supposedly getting Deshaun Watson back, right? 
Are they though? They've made it seem, they've made it seem like he's ready. I think there's been a lot of speculation from the fan base, like what the hell is going on with Deshaun? And now they're like, oh, okay, now he'll he'll be back now. I I mean, this is they they took down that 49ers last week with a PJ Walker at quarterback. Like, how ridiculous is that? Now they're going into Indianapolis and they're only a three-point favorite. That doesn't make any sense to me. But it's the NFL, man. Like this happens. And I just think that like that was kind of a fluky type of game with like like 49ers never really could get in a rhythm when they lost they lost CMC, they lost Debo. So it was just like kind of an, a revolving door of players in that starting lineup. And anytime that happens or you have guys in and out of the lineup the whole game, like it's gonna throw your rhythm off. So to me, I kind of throw that game out the window a little bit. Um I think this, like if you if you believe that Deshaun Watson is gonna play, uh, then this line will certain or the spread will certainly the gap will widen. Uh Cleveland will become more of a favorite. I think the Cleveland Browns have an issue defending the run. And I think that we see another significant ramp up for Jonathan Taylor. I think they're also trying to showcase Zach Moss uh, to trade him for a little bit of draft capital. So, I, and I can see like Zach, like I, I forget who said this today or yesterday, but I think Zach Moss would be a great fit for the Cowboys. I think this was Jeff Mann saying this yesterday, um, but like him, like a, a Moss and Tony Pollard would be a great kind of tandem there because Pollard is just too, He's not a, a workhorse type of back, but he is truly the most efficient and effective when he is working in tandem with someone. Um, that's yeah, a little bit of a tangent, I, but I th- I think going back to it, I think the Colts win this game. I'm going to take the Colts plus three. I'm going to take the under. I think that is a slow rolling game back and forth. Yeah, and I'm changing directions. Um, I'm reading a report right now that Watson told a reporter today that he cannot put a timeline on his return. He considers himself day-to-day, but he's dealing with a micro-tear in his rotator cuff, and he's still having difficulty throwing a football. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound like he's playing to me. Um, yeah, toss me on the Colts plus three, and uh, give me the under 40 as well. Cool. Sounds like we agree on that one then. Uh, Commanders and the Giants, I think this is a 39-point total. Uh, Daniel Jones, it is in question whether he will be playing or not. I think the expectation is that he does come back this week. Uh, and I think he'll be fine when he does come back from this injury. It's unfortunate. <laughs> I would rather see Ty got another week. I don't know, man. It, it I, It's hard to blame Daniel Jones when they've just been so banged up on the offensive line that he just he doesn't even have two seconds to, you know, go through his progressions. He's also just terrible at football as well. Commanders haven't looked great, but they I think they won last week. So commanders did Atlanta. Exactly. So they beat Atlanta. Actually, I think. Uh Sam Howells looked good. I've been using him as my super flex in one of my leagues, and he's been very efficient for uh, in a super flex uh capacity. Uh so and I think that they run the ball pretty well against the Giants. Uh, I believe Micah McFadden got hurt. Can't remember, but He's kind of like that great story of a linebacker for the Giants. Uh, 
but if he's out, then that there's a hit again. Um, I, I'm going to take the commanders in this one. I think the difference maker is Terry McLaurin. Uh, he absolutely lights up the Giants. This is my favorite player prop on the slate. Uh, so I'm going to take commanders minus two and a half, and I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I, man, I I think I'm going to have to take the under on this game. Just because I think there's a lot of sacks. The clock continues to run. We see the commanders and the Giants really attempt to run the ball a lot, too. So, yeah, I'll take the under and the commanders minus two and a half. What about you? I agree on both. And I think you're I think you're right on the under. I mean, it's tough because the commanders, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, you're either going to see an elite offense coming out there and you're like, wow, where did this come from? Or... Or you're going to see that first half against the Bears where they're playing a horrific defense and they couldn't put up points. Um, You just never know what you're going to get, but you do know what you're going to get with the New York Giants. It's a terrible offense. Um, So for that reason, I I do like that under 39 points. The commanders are by and far a better team than the New York Giants. I don't care if Daniel Jones is starting or not. Uh, Honestly, I I think New York stands a better chance if he's not playing, but um, it doesn't really matter. I think Washington covers two and a half with these. They can pass. They can throw. I think this could be a good uh, Brian Robinson week if they get out to a nice lead, um, which I, I see them doing. So commanders minus two and a half under 39. So I'll just talk through it now. My my prop that I really like for this week, it's Terry McLaurin over 55 and a half receiving yards. That is uh, nothing. Yeah, and he has played the Giants seven times, and he has hit that yardage total every single time he has played the Giants. Uh, Fire it he, up. Uh, most recently, uh, all seven games, six catches, eight catches, four catches. The one with four catches was went for 93 yards. Uh, 11 catches, seven, seven, seven. Uh, eclipsed the 100-yard mark three of those seven games. Also, every single game that he eclipsed the 100-yard mark, he also caught a touchdown. Uh, and he has never gone for less than 70 yards against the Giants in his career. Uh, Giants aren't great against the pass either. So, I like Terry McLaurin in this game. And I, I don't I think like we've that. seen that massive game from Terry McLaurin either. So I think this is, I think he's kind of due. Yeah, um, I'll be firing that one up with you. I'm uh, searching that prop right now. Yep. Uh, Raiders and the Bears. We've got the Bears plus three uh, home dogs. 37 and a half point total. It's Highly in question. It's very likely that Justin Fields is not playing and Tyson Baggins, um, he's pretty good in the preseason, uh, is going to be the starter. The other question is Rosan Johnson. Will he play? Because I would imagine the Bears are going to be very skeptical to drop their quarterback uh, back too frequently against uh, the complete disruptor in the game right now, Max Crosby. So, I would imagine the Bears game plan is to run the effing ball. I would imagine the Raiders game plan is to throw the effing ball and get the ball to Devontae Adams. I don't know what they were doing last week. Devontae Adams had two catches the entire freaking game. That's what, what killed me in DFS. All of my players did well, 
And then the guy that I spend up on in Devontae Adams goes for like two and a half fantasy points. So I have a hard time trying to figure this one out, but I'm going to lean towards the team that's healthier. I'll take the Raiders minus three. And if I'm going with the Raiders minus three, I think they find a way to get the passing game going. So I will take the over on the 37 and a half point spread or total. Yeah, I'm right there with you on on the Raiders minus three here. Uh, Chicago is a losing team with Justin Fields. I don't see it getting better without Justin Fields. So that that's kind of an easy call for me. Watch them fucking win this game. They they don't even they shouldn't even want to win the game. They should want to be losing, actively be losing to get that those top two draft picks. Um, so give me Vegas minus three here. I do like the under just because I feel like Chicago with a backup quarterback could really struggle to put up points. Um, Chicago goes under 10 points in my opinion. And I don't really see Vegas putting up a ton of points in this game, even though Chicago's got such a bad defense. So give me under 37 and a half and give me Las Vegas minus three. Moving on to the Cardinals and the Seahawks, we've got a 44 and a half point total. So now our totals are starting to move upwards uh, into the afternoon. So if I'm looking at this from like a DFS perspective, just, just keep in the back of your head. Like, I mean, Vegas thinks that the afternoon games are going to be where the fireworks are and the one o'clock games are going to be kind of where the, the snooze fest uh, lies here. So. Uh, once we hit this four o'clock slate, we've got the Cardinals Seahawks, 44 and a half points. Seahawks are heavy favorites, minus seven and a half point uh, home favorites. Cardinals are happy, um, but I feel like we're starting to see them deteriorate a little bit, especially with the loss of James Conner. Uh, I haven't been a huge uh, loyalist to the rest of these Cardinals running backs. I know everyone went to the waiver wire last week and spent all their money on D Mercado and Dante Ingram. I just don't see it. So uh, I'll take the Seahawks. I think that they can uh, put up some points. I think they get the passing game going a little bit here in this game. Uh, so I'm going to take the Seahawks to cover that seven and a half point spread. And I'll take the over on the 44 and a half point total. I can see a defensive touchdown from the Seahawks here as well. I think their defense is a little underrated this year. This guy scooped up Keontae Ingram for $1 while everybody else was <laughs> spending 35 plus on the wrong guy. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. I agree with you. I think this Cardinals team is coming unglued without James Conner. He is such a big part of that offense and allowed them to really be a two-dimensional offense um, but now it's it's just too much pressure on Dobbs. And it's he's not he's not up to the task. Yeah. Um, whereas Seattle, I, I think it's kind of the opposite on there. Somehow I, I have a tough time figuring out how Geno Smith is still good, but he's doing okay. So I, I'm with you there. Seattle plus seven and a half, or minus seven and a half. Um I lean the under here just because Arizona the one thing that they've continued to be decent at is defense. Uh, they've gelled pretty well. And on the other side of things, their offense has struggled. So for that reason, I, I'm going under 44 and a half here. I just don't see them putting up many points in this game. Yeah. 
Yeah, the I'm I'm feeling weird about these totals now that we're going through this. I almost kind of like the spreads a little bit more uh this week. I know I literally just said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, go ahead and invest more heavily into our uh totals uh picks. So do with that what you will, but that makes it super confusing. Um, but I am feeling just weird. I think I think they're Vegas is getting sharper with what where these lines should be now that we have a little bit more data on this season. Without a doubt. So we're going to see a lot more games kind of get edged out in the last seconds of, of these games now that um, we're further into the season. Uh, so let me just make sure I, I took down. You, you got under on the 44 and a half points, but you got Seattle minus seven and a half, correct? Correct. Correct. And that's, you know, this is exactly what you're saying. Vegas getting closer on lines. This is all the more reason to be playing alt lines because then you're giving yourself that edge that Vegas doesn't want you to have. That's right. 100%. 100%. Steelers and the Rams. You got the Rams minus three-point home favorites, 43.5-point total. I think this Rams defensive line gives the Steelers problems all game. They're on the road. Um, This is probably the one game – in this afternoon slate that I'm really not interested in taking the over on. Uh, so, and I think that the Rams do attempt to run the ball pretty frequently. They've got some stud receivers though. So it's hard to figure out what the Rams are going to do on offense, which makes it tricky for the Steelers to game plan. Uh, combine that with the fact that the Steelers offense really hasn't been that impressive whatsoever uh, this year. Uh, I'll take the Rams minus three uh, and I will take the under on 43 and a half points for this game. Yeah, this is an easy one for me that I can't really figure out why it's only minus three for the Rams at home, a team that's looked way better than Pittsburgh. Uh, I can't figure this one out for the life of me. And and I will be taking personally money on Rams minus three here. I also, you you went with the under, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that as as well. Um, Pittsburgh's been really struggling to put up points. Pickens and Pickett, it's not really happening yet. Um, and I think they continue to miss coming into this game. And this one here, I think we see a ton of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua um, and very little running of the ball here for LA against Pittsburgh. What do you see, think? I don't know, man. I think that they do, though. I think that they they do attempt to run the ball because the offensive line has looked good for the Rams, um, particularly in in their run blocking scheme. So I'm under the inclination that they are going to attempt to run the ball and keep the Steelers off the field. But I think that's the reason why they also have the advantage because they they're in a weird spot where it makes it very tricky for opposing teams to figure out what they're going to do on a week to week basis. See, I just think Matt Stafford is so fucking obsessed with throwing the ball and has a freaking hard on for Cooper cup. Like it's insane. That guy comes back and it's like, they'd been so good without him with Puka Nakua. And it's like, he's, he's like, he's like a fucking cocaine addict with his eyes wide open, looking all over the field, trying to find Cooper Cup with every throw. It's like he's got a pepper with 18 fucking targets a game. Like, it's so yeah. unnecessary when you have all these other guys all over the field. It, Whatever. It, it drives me insane because he's he makes this team one-dimensional. But It works, week, though. I mean, yeah. like, 
It works. I I mean, look, it didn't work last year. Last year, they they were pretty freaking terrible. But uh, this week, it works. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so, too. Uh, I'm curious, like, the Rams are an interesting team for moving forward. Because... I mean, if you look at them, they're three and three right now. The Seahawks are standing in their way for a wild card, basically. And I think they've got a good playoff. They're not a playoff team. The Rams aren't. No, not in my opinion. I beg to differ, man. I think that their defense could carry them a little bit here. And I think their offense could just be hitting its stride. I think their defense has holes. I don't know. I think their secondary has really played well this season, and I don't see that changing very much unless we see some massive injuries in, in the secondary. I don't know. This is tough. This is tough because I still – I don't know about you, but I, I kind of see the commanders as a playoff team still. I mean, they – I could see it. I could see it. They're wacky. You never, never really know what you're getting from them on a week-to-week basis. And they get to play the Giants twice a year. It's pretty nice. I mean, realistically, uh, I only see one team coming out of the NFC North, and that's the Lions. I see the Niners, of course, getting there. Uh, yeah. Eagles as well. So lock those three one seeds in. And then so what? You need – what do you need? Two more teams for your wild card? two more? Is that what we're looking at? It's two more? Is that what it is or four more? I think it's four more actually, right? Oh, Two we forgot about the NFC side. South. Yeah, and the and the the NFC South is, you know, while the gates open on that because who who knows what's going to happen <laughs> except <there>. for Carolina. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I think I think like the Bucks have like a legit shot to win that division. I think it's Atlanta. That's that's me personally. I think they edge out everybody, but it, I Possibly. it's really up in the air. Yeah, this is going to be a big that this this uh, Bucks. Uh, Falcons game this weekend is a massive game. Huge. Huge. As as underwhelming as that initially sounds, it's actually got some serious impl- implications here already. So yeah. We'll see. Man. We are right, right? Two there's two wildcard teams. Or are there three? I can't remember off the top of my head. I think there's it all feels like it changes so often. Or maybe it's baseball that's it? got me confused. I think it changed recently, but I don't know why I can't remember this now. Let me pull it up. Fourteen teams. They expanded it. They expanded it uh, in twenty twenty two. Okay, so then that means we have three wild card teams. Wow. Three, uh, no, uh, three for each, uh, yeah. conference. Yeah, each conference. Yeah, I mean, here, here's my take: only one NFC South team is making the playoffs. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm kind of with you. Just the Lions in the North, although I could see a turnaround from the Packers. Not so much the Vikings, but I hope it happens. It's it's to me. It's like the Cowboys, Commanders, Seahawks, Rams, and. 
the Bucks and or Falcons, depending on who yeah. runs with that division. I mean, the Saints are right there too, though. So that the NFC South is the true wild card for the wild card. It is. I, I had a fun preseason bet um, that was like picking a bunch of playoff teams and parlaying it together. And it, it's a really hefty payout. And most of them are favorites, but um, the two that aren't, I, I did two separate bets. One of them, well, both of them include the Falcons making the playoffs. And then the one that differs, it differs by one team as the commanders making the playoffs. We got a so, little bit of bias here for the Falcons. There's, I, I do have some bias for the Falcons, but they just, they just seem to win. They just seem to win. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, moving on here, we got the Chargers and the Chiefs. Uh, this is the game of the week, in my opinion. Uh, it is a 48-point total. Uh, but more – well, actually, I don't know if this is the game of the week because we also yeah, have the Dolphins-Eagles on Sunday football. football. We're actually getting some good matchups this week. Finally. Um, ah. Chargers and the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that the Chiefs uh, win this game. Chargers are super thin in the secondary, and – They've been quite the pass funnel this year. So uh, give me an, a, a stud performance from Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know, Travis Kelsey seems to always destroy the Chargers. Um, so, you know, give me a Mahomes to Kelsey connection throughout the course of this game. Uh, I think we run it back and we see both offenses do pretty well with the sec- with Austin Eckler back now for a second week. Uh, so give me the over on the 48 point total, but man, I like the chiefs to win, but this is a pretty big spread five and a half points. And I feel like this is like one of those games where it comes down to a field goal. So I have to take the chargers plus five and a half. Boom. You nailed it. They like the, the chargers like never lose by this many points. It's always, it's always a field goal. Uh, It's a field goal or four points. It seems like it always is. Um, and, and they will lose. I mean, I, I would almost gladly parlay the Chargers plus five and a half with Kansas City money line. I mean, that would be a crazy, crazy bet to place, but yeah, awesome odds. Um, it's like threading the needle. It, it is, it is. It, the Chiefs, I, I gotta say, I think they're fraudulent. I don't think they're actually that great of a team, yeah, but they've got issues. They, they've got issues, and I've never once watched them this year and thought they are dominant. And last year, it's like every game you watch and they dominate. It, it, they're not the same team. Patrick Mahomes doesn't even really look that good. But L.A. continues to lose. It's I, They need to change the coach because this, this has to come down to a coaching thing at this point, them continuously losing by three or less points. Um. I'm with you. Chargers plus five and a half. They will lose, but plus the five and a half. I want to lean over, but this seems like a a hyped up game. that's going to be a letdown. And the chiefs haven't put up a bunch of points. It feels like they normally do. Um, Their defense has kind of held them into games more than, than it has to, than it has in the past. And this Chargers offense has been super inconsistent at times. And I, another thing that I took away from Monday night football is my God is Derwin James an idiot. Like this dude just seems to cause so many penalties. Yeah. That it's like, I get, I get when he's 
not doing that, he's a great asset to a team. But at some point, the penalties outweigh his actual skills as a player. I mean, that that guy at this point, I, I just think he's a chump. They should probably just cut him. Um, but yeah, I, I give me the Chargers plus five and a half, and I, I'm going under 48. 48 is a pretty high total. Under on 48. All right, so we agree Chargers plus five and a half, but uh, differ on the total. Just to point out, too, the Chargers are two and three. The Chiefs are five and one. So I think that's really where the line is being said is is it's being influenced by their overall records. Whereas I think like the gap on the field is a lot closer when it comes to two offenses. So I, I just th- I think they they find a way to cover this game for sure. It absolutely is. And let's not forget this Chargers team went toe to toe with the Miami Dolphins week one. They're five and, and le- one. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, they're just finding ways to lose these close games. So the record Every really week. does not reflect the, the the team itself. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. Uh, let's look at the Packers and the Broncos. Broncos are home underdogs plus one. So nothing crazy. Uh, over under is 45. Packers offense. Yeah, they get a soft matchup in this Broncos defense, but... Um, they just haven't looked great. I think, you know, hopefully the, the extra amount of time, uh, has allowed them to prep for this game. I think the Packers certainly look better than Denver. And I think they are on the upward trend more than Denver is. So we've got Aaron Jones coming back against the soft Broncos defense. Uh, Packers have had a little bit of extra time here to prep for Denver. Uh, so I'm willing to take the Packers minus one on the road. Uh, but I am going to take the under on this 45 point total. I, I just think the total is too high for a game of two, you know, lower tier offenses. So yeah, give me the under on the total and Packers minus one. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Packers getting Aaron Jones back is huge, especially when the the Broncos allow a lot of points on the ground, a lot of yards on the ground. I I just think they get chewed up real bad here by the the Green Bay Packers. I kind of feel like this is a blowout. Um, But I also lean under 45. We've talked multiple times this year about how Denver runs such a slow offense. They seem to want to chew up the clock quite a bit. Yep. And, that can lead to some super low scoring games. And I think we see another one here. 100%. 100%. Sunday night football, we've got the Dolphins and the Eagles. It is a 52 point total. The Eagles are minus two and a half point uh, favorites. To me, it feels like the Dolphins should be favorites, but I guess maybe because they're on the road, they're the underdogs. Um, I don't think there's any questionable statuses for like Tyreek Hill or anyone like that. I know Hill came out in the game briefly last week, but I think that was just due to cramps. This is a really tough game to take, uh, but the Eagles, this is what I will point out. I think the Eagles have quiet, quietly given up and surrendered a lot of yards through the air to opposing teams. And, and we all know the Dolphins can light it the F up via the, the passing game. So um, I think it all depends on the health of the Eagles defense, too. What did the injury report look like? Do we have any clarity on what 
Yeah, is Darius Slay still out? The Eagles got Reed Blankenship. He's going to be out at safety. Lane, well, no, he's a DMP today, so he might not be out. Uh, Lane Johnson is a DMP. Bradley Roby, DMP. And wide receiver Devonta Smith. I don't expect him to be out. And... Um, Darius Slay, limited participant today. So he might be back. That's huge. I mean, honestly, he he's huge for the Seagulls team. They but need I think, to... like, he doesn't go up against Hill, though. Like, I don't think you put – he's not the type of cornerback to put up against Hill. I think they definitely run a zone coverage, and they, they just try to – they probably do what – teams did against the Chiefs in the past uh, where they just played two high safeties the whole game and and play them super deep and, you know, try to not give up the long ball. So, and I think the Eagles offense has been kind of an, not inept, but has had some struggles uh, recently. I don't think they're fully clicking. Um, it doesn't seem like Jalen Hurts is fully on the same page with some of his receivers. So I'm going to take the under on this game. And the man, man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, I'm going to take. I'll take the Dolphins plus two and a half. Give me the plus points and under on the total. I agree with the uh, Miami Dolphins plus two and a half. I have such a tough time picking out which these teams is better. But I do know that Miami has an absolutely elite offense. Actually, both of them, both of them are elite. God, it, it is hard to choose this one, but when you have two teams that you can't really figure out which one is better, give me the one that's, that's getting two and a half points here. I hope it gets up to three. Um, that would provide some comfort for me for sure. And I like the over. Over 52, I know this is a super high total, but both offenses have explosive ability. And this just feels like a game that could actually live up to the hype. Um, I mean, I I feel like this is a game that the NFL will want to live up to the hype because so far I feel like this season's kind of been a little bit disappointing every primetime game. I, I feel like the NFL, maybe they're they're a little relaxed on some of these penalties in this game. They just let big, big plays go. I don't know. Uh, I like over 52 and give me the Dolphins plus two and a half. Yeah, the, the total, it's, I mean, it's a toss up on both sides. So this is not like a game I'm investing too much money in on a bet like this, but uh, it is definitely a fun game to have something on. 49ers and the Vikings, Monday Night Football. The Vikings are plus seven home uh, underdogs. It's a 44 point total. The 49ers potentially could be out with Debo and Christian McCaffrey. It's kind of hard to tell what's going to happen um, just because we don't have really much clarity on injuries here. I'm expecting that Debo might play and Christian McCaffrey does not, um, but we will see. Vikings defense has been bad. Kirk Cousins really didn't look great last week uh, despite the win. Um, I think I got to go. 
man, I think I got to go with the the 49ers. I think this defense is just overpowering without the presence of Justin Jefferson. There's really not really anyone else there that of significance or noteworthiness. And this 49ers defense has just been playing lights out. So I think the 49ers minus seven. Do you think this could be a little bit of an offensive struggle on both sides? So I'll take the under on the 44-point total. I 100% agree on both. I, I feel like the Vikings, I mean, their their line's not going to stand up to the San Fran defense. They're, it's so overwhelming for them, and I just don't think they're going to give Kirk Cousins a second to breathe. And without Justin Jefferson, I mean – I'm sorry, but KJ Osborne and sure not Addison aren't going to cut it. We knew they weren't going to cut it, but I, it's not like I think they're bad, but going up against a team like this with a, a vaunting defense. No, no, it's not happening. And uh, I, I don't see there being very many points here, uh, especially with the Vikings. The one thing that their defense is pretty good at is stopping the run. Can't stop the pass to save their lives. But uh, if Christian McCaffrey plays or, and they try to get a ground game going. I don't think they'll be able to. So, yeah, I see this going under 44, and I do see San Fran minus seven here. I don't see this game being particularly close. So, lock in those bets. We just laid out a whole week's worth of over-unders and spread picks uh, here for you. Do what you want or what you will with those. I will say, if you are tailing these, uh, Historically speaking, we have on the games that we fully agree on the over under and the spread, um, we are hitting at an extremely high clip. I think we've only missed like one or two games where both Derek and I agree on both the over under and the spread. Wow. So do it that what you will. SGP action right there. Mm hmm. Uh, let's look at player props. So. Uh, I already gave out one here, so I'll give out my vivid slip that I'm going to be posting in the Fantasy Guru Discord shortly. I'll have some more picks and stuff out as we progress throughout the week. Uh, but my vivid slip here is Terry McLaurin over on the 55 and a half receiving yards, and then uh, Super Rant. But I got Devin Lloyd at linebacker for the Jags over six tackles. Again, hitting on these defensive props at a very high clip. This prop checked all the boxes here for me. So, and that's a um, low tackle prop for a linebacker, especially against a team that likes to run the ball or pass it to the backs and check down to the, yeah, exactly. Check down to the running backs, which is kind of where yeah. my thought process is with it. So, and I, I guess my thought process is also like if they don't check down to the backs and Michael Thomas does have a, a great game, he could still get assists on tackles over the middle uh, or Michael Thomas goes off and I hit on that front. So um, I and some Michael Thomas props, too. I haven't pulled the trigger on anything over there yet, so I'll have to look at that a little bit further. Uh, what about you, Derek? Any player props here for this week? Yeah, early on, um, I do like a, a small SGP, Justin Herbert, over one and a half passing touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes, over one and a half passing touchdowns. That is a plus 142 bet. 
in a game that's right in a game where these two guys routinely pass for two plus touchdowns a game um, going against each other where the NFL or Vegas, I guess, is um, trying to direct us to a high total here at 48. You got to think each of these guys can get two touchdowns. So I like that one a lot. And I have another play where I added to that total Kelsey with six catches and Keenan Allen with six catches. That makes it plus 398. Uh, so I like that one as well. Both of them have been doing that pretty consistently. And then we have a teaser for the week. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I copy that one down. Kelsey okay. over. Uh, Kelsey at least six catches and Keenan Allen six catches. Damn, dude, that seems like a really good uh that's a really good same game part. Like I, I that's that seems like it. But you know what? It almost seems too easy. It's like one of those things uh, where like okay. <laughs> yeah. Be harder it it, it does. It does. And then that game screams red flags to me just because I've seen this Chiefs team on a high total go way the frick under the total. So it they do concern me a little bit, but this is one that like I feel like I got to put that like paranoia aside and go for it at plus three ninety eight, plus FanDuel. This is on FanDuel, by the way. They do um, boosts, profit boost tokens for um, SGPs. You get one for the one o'clock games, one for the four o'clock games, and then you get a uh, Sunday night football one and a Monday night football one. And I believe they're always fifty percent. So you could boost huh. this plus three ninety eight to what would that be like plus, plus 600. Uh, 600 yeah, yeah. plus 600 on that so i'll be doing that personally Heck uh, yeah 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 gotta use those profit boost tokens wisely and then you play that other bet where you take the under on the game so that if it doesn't happen it's probably likely that we're seeing an under exactly exactly yep yep play that one straight up yeah um and then i did a teaser on some of these games i pointed out i just think these lines are way too favorable so here we've got uh las vegas raiders um minus three was the original i'm teasing that 10 points to plus seven and then we've got commanders original spread was minus two and a half we're teasing that to plus seven and a half the rams original minus three teasing it to plus seven green bay at denver that was plus that was uh, over under of 45. We're going to go ahead and tease that to 55 and take the under. And then we've got Miami and uh, Philly. That over under was set at 51 and a half. We're going to tease it down to 41 and a half and take the over. So that five leg te- teaser is plus 140. Nice. Love it. How are you doing on those? Are those typically hitting? I know you've had a couple of those over the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, so I hit two early in the season. Um, both of those hit, and both of those were like plus 280 plays. And then and I did one, I think, in week three or four, and I did another one in week five, and both of those missed. So I'm still up money from the two that hit, but I uh, I hit them at a 50% clip right now. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, awesome. Well, those are some of our player props and some bets here. Uh, from a DFS perspective, want to 
Again, this is pretty early in the week, and DFS is so contingent upon injuries and what's going to happen on that front that this could very likely change. Uh, but do want to offer a little bit of what I'm looking at here. I personally believe that the Chiefs uh, end up kind of going bonkers in this game, and I think this is a big Travis-Kelsey game. So I've got Mahomes and Kelsey in my lineup. I know they're both expensive. They're both around 8K on DraftKings. But I think there's also enough value this week to offset that a little bit. For example, um, if you play like Mahomes and Kelsey, you can squeeze in Zach Evans uh, against Pittsburgh. He's a minimum salary for a running back at 4K. Uh, He'll be chalky, but again, my approach is I'm willing to eat that cheap chalk. Uh, because it's very it's it's a higher clip and higher probability to hit. Uh, and so uh, it just seems like more of the optimal approach to me. I've had a lot of success with doing that. Uh, and then Roshan Johnson, keep an eye on him, because if he does end up uh, being determined active, he could fly under the radar a little bit here against this Las Vegas team. And he's only forty six hundred bucks as well. I would imagine he certainly gets the priority in the workload over Deontay Foreman in that backfield. So really like Roshan Johnson with the breakout game, if he's going to be active for this week. Um, And those are probably, that's probably my core four here for now. So I got Mahomes, Kelsey, and then I'm going cheap at the running back position with Evans and Roshan Johnson. Uh, and I still have to figure out my receivers, but one receiver that I am eyeing here, Josh Palmer is pretty inexpensive for the role that he has here with the chargers at 4,800 bucks. So less than 5k for a receiver. That's likely going to see six plus targets. I like that a lot. Josh Palmer. It really impressed me how often Herbert was looking his way last week and how many times Palmer was making the play. Um, so I think that's a really good choice. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big fan of that. Um, again, if you're a fantasy guru subscriber, keep an eye out here for me. I'm kind of all over the place in the Discord right now. Um, that's really kind of where I've been most active is participating in the Discord. Uh, so we're placing all of our bets in our spreadsheet that we do on this show in the NFL betting channel. Uh, but in addition to that, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. Again, we talked about it earlier, but Uh, I'm starting to eye down the NHL and figure that out from a DFS perspective. So you might find me in the NHL room. I'm also getting hits in NASCAR. So uh, probably going to be hanging out in the NASCAR room a little bit. And then, of course, I will be playing football. I haven't really done very well from a DFS perspective in football so far this season. Um, But this is typically the last two seasons now. Um I always typically start off slow and then, you know, finish with a bang here to close out the year. So um, keep an eye out uh, in some of those channels because that's where my focus here will be. And then next week, we'll be mixing in the NBA a little bit here as well. Um, Other than that, Derek, any closing remarks, anything on your end that you wanted to talk through or go over here before we hop off? Nah, I just uh, hope everybody's going to enjoy this period of time where all these different sports are overlapping and hopefully we can all make some money together it's a great great time for sports here so you know really really enjoying this time of year college football is heating up as well so 
Appreciate everyone listening in to the All Pro Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, my name is Mark Hogan, joined by my co-host here, Derek Randall. You can check out my Twitter over at DFS underscore Marlin and all of our exclusive content over at fantasyguru.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Have a great rest of the week and a wonderful week in gambling, betting, DFS, whatever uh, fits your fix there. Have a great weekend.